0: Church, let's stand this morning, let's prepare to worship. spirit move in this place today. Thank you for your presence, God. We worship you. We adore you. We give you all glory and praise. Can we thank Jesus for his presence in this place this morning? Amen. It's a little dark in here, but if you'll turn and uh, greet each other this morning, say hi to the people around you.
1: can take your smartphone out and aim it at the QR code and that will give you a drop-down menu and there you will see the digital bulletin you also see prayer requests and also giving so I encourage you to take a moment to take your phones out and do that as well just a couple announcements I'd like to kind of highlight you see me with a shirt on this is our say yes We believe one of our core values is that serving is a privilege. And so if you've been praying about where to serve or how to volunteer, There are tables in the atrium today and next Sunday to give you the opportunity to walk around and talk with someone. So, of course, the women's ministry table is mine, and that's why we're right here. I just encourage you to stop by, ladies, if you would. We'd love that. Also, Flourish is on August the 4th. That's for our young youth women and our college women and our young women. And or if you're young at heart, you are invited as well. That will be on August the 4th. Check that out. That's in your bulletin. And last but not least August the 6th we will be having a time of worship and prayer and then you will be asked to wear not flip-flops but tennis shoes ladies to go out into the rec center and the Next Gen Center you'll be given a marker and bring your families we will not have children and youth that day so your kiddos can come with you take the time to walk around pray over the places there write scriptures on the floor write your name on the floor And, you know, for our generosity moment, I wanted to share just a little bit of that with you. When we were building this building in the third three stories, um, we had the opportunity to do that as well. And my family, we went, you can't see it, but it was open. We went over to the second floor and we were able to write a scripture there. And, you know, I haven't forgotten exactly where it is. So once in a while, I'll just stop there and pray. So I encourage you to do that. Would you please pray with me as we pray over our building and our building fund and our church and our generosity this morning? Lord, I am so in awe of you. I have seen what you can do, and I am seeing what you are doing. Lord, and I just pray as we go forward with our building, with our children and our youth, a place for them to be safe. Oh, Father, that you would be in every detail and that we would go on August the 6th and just pray over those buildings as we did this one. We just love you, and I just thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you. Amen.
2: Good morning, church. Oh, it's good to see all of you here. Hey, are Wendy and Jeremy in the house? Wendy and Jeremy, could y'all come up front with me, please? Could you come up here, please? I want to bring Wendy and Jeremy Coddle up to the front because I want to pray for them. They are going to, this week, I believe it's Thursday, is that right? Thursday, they're leaving for the Ukraine to do medical missions to help people that are are victims of of what's going on in the war. And we want to lift them up in prayer. And so anyway, uh, tell us what you're doing. Who's going to speak?
3: Um, So we're actually headed um, back to, I've been there twice already. We work with a church there that's actually a seminary. And sorry, I'm not used to talking in front of this many people. (laughs) Um, But we um, plan to do mobile clinics in areas that had been previously Russian-occupied, bringing them medication and food. Uh, Right now, a lot of those areas are without power. They're without hospitals and even basic medical care. Uh, Jeremy's coming this time, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, He's going to be able to work with some of the brand- (coughs) excuse me, brand-new medics um, headed to the front lines, but don't have any training or supplies. Um, so through some very generous donations, um, we've been able to collect the supplies that they need uh, to do the difficult work that they're going to do, and Jeremy is going to train them how to use it. So,
2: Amen. Amen. This is the... This is the quality of people that we have that come to the Anastasia. They don't just, just sit around. They just do things for the Lord. And I want to pray for them. You can stand up to pray. You can sit down to pray. You can put your hand forward toward them. I'm going to put my hands on them. And uh, anyone else wants to gather around personally, appreciate you doing that. But I want to say a word of prayer of safety over them. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for Jeremy. I thank you for Wendy. Lord, I thank you for the vision that you've placed In their hearts and in their lives, Lord, you've given them a heart to ministering in your name. Lord, I pray for safe travel, Lord. I pray for safe travel of the medical supplies. Lord, I pray that you give them safety where they serve, Lord. And and Lord, I ask a blessing on them. Lord, put protection around them. Lord, I pray that as they touch people with medicine, they also touch people with the healing that only comes from you. And Lord, as we send them out, Lord, we send them out in your grace and peace and protection in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. I appreciate that we have people like Jeremy and Wendy in our congregation that just see where God is telling them. They're not waiting for someone to tell them what to do. They're following God. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, it's been a while since I've uh, been up in front of you, opening up the Word of God, and I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Uh, several weeks ago, I was going to be on vacation, and uh, I was uh, had a big vacation planned—a road trip. My wife and I—we like road trips, and so going to get in the car. We're going to make this big circle around Lake Michigan, and we're going to explore the landscape. We're going to explore the uh, the people, the ice cream. All that kind of stuff. You know, you get up there, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all that area. But on the day we were going to start that road trip, the, day, the actual day we were going to be getting in the car uh, to go there, um, I, was, I was in New Orleans at our national meeting uh, of our family of churches. It's the Southern Baptist Convention. I was there, and I was going to meet Elisa in Nashville. She'd been visiting with her sisters, and they were going to go on this great road trip. The day I was going to leave, the retina in my right eye detached. Okay, The retina, it it just... And like I said, I was at the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a meeting that at the best of times makes you want to rip your eyes out. (laughs) I promise you I did not detach my retina on purpose. I I don't always go to those meetings, but I was going there. I wanted to hear what they were going to do uh, in, in regard to a child sexual abuse report. I wanted to see what they're going to do to protect... Young people by making sure that predators who go into one church don 't go to another church, and that 's why I was there at that meeting. I wanted to see what was going on, but the day of the report that 's when my uh, my right eye lost vision and you know and the morning of the report it, something happened in in part of this eye the vision just went away, and all my plans changed immediately didn 't go on vacation didn 't go into the meeting everything planned changed immediately because when you lose vision, it's an emergency. Okay, it's an you got to take care of that. When you lose vision, it's, it's an emergency. So instead of driving to meet my wife who was in Nashville to be, begin our vacation, I actually got in the car and drove back to Jacksonville so I could be with the doctors that I knew and to begin that journey of having my vision restored. Because when you lose vision, it's an emergency. Okay, your plans change, okay? Now, I praise God for my ophthalmologist. I praise God for my optometrist. I praise God for the retina specialist and the and the surgeons. But I praise God, mostly, I praise God for the healing. Because I'm, I'm here standing before you today saying that my vision, from what I can tell, my vision is completely restored. Praise God. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for his miraculous power and healing. I know many of you were praying for me when that happened. Uh, but, you know, my plans changed. I didn't go on vacation because... When you lose vision, it's an emergency, and you need to change what you were planning on doing. Uh, You know, when you lose vision, it's an emergency. We can live without eyesight. There are people who live productively, successfully, without good eyesight. But it's harder. Where there's no vision, uh, you don't know where to walk or or not to walk. You don't know how far danger is. Uh, There was a time when I couldn't get... I'd bump into things on my right side because I had a patch on my... Uh, But, uh, you know, the Lord has given me several quiet weeks to think about vision. And let me give you a spiritual analogy here, a spiritual truth. When you lose vision, it's an emergency. When you lose vision, it's something you should handle right away. We desperately need spiritual Vision. You desperately need spiritual vision. Many people live without spiritual vision, but people that live without spiritual vision, without vision, they're living outside the power and the plan of God. And God gives all of us. All of us, vision. There's a, a verse of scripture I want to share. Just one verse of scripture here. It's Proverbs 29, 18. And this is what it says. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there's no prophetic vision. That, that word is one word in the Hebrew. That word prophetic vision. It's one word in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word chazom. Can you say that? Chazom. Yeah, a little more moisture. Chazon, go on. Chazon, there you go. There you go. And it means vision, but it's not just eyesight vision. It actually doesn't talk about that kind of vision. It's that prophetic vision. It's what we get from Jesus, what we get from the Holy Spirit. And when we do not see... What the Lord wants us to see, it's an emergency. The King James Version says it this way. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And that word for perish or cast out restraint, it's a word that's that's translated a whole bunch of different ways. Sometimes it means you're uncovered, you're naked, you're just sort of purposeless, you're just sort of standing around, not knowing what to do. When there's no vision, that's how we are. We don't have the means even to put on clothes. We don't have the means to do the things we're supposed to do. Without chazom, without seeing what God wants us to see, we don't know where to go. And the next verse gives us a clue about how to get that vision. It says, where there's no vision, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. You see, it's the word of God that helps us understand the plan of God. That's why we come here week after week and we open up the word of God. That's why we say that Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map because it is the Word of God that helps us to reveal, helps reveal to us the plan of God. And where there is no prophetic vision, where we don't see the plan, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law, the the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about legalism here. Legalism is a problem where you're just following rules, okay? I'm not talking about legalism here. See, Jesus is the way. Jesus, not rule following. Jesus is the way. But remember, the Bible's the map, and the map shows us the way. And it's not a matter of just following rules. It's a matter of using the guardrails of Scripture to find the beauty as we embrace the holiness that Jesus wants you and me to have in our lives. You see, I need vision. This is the first point I want to make. I need vision to discern holiness from hollowness. I need I need vision. I need to understand what God's plan is for me to understand that that when I'm following the map, it's not about being ritualistic, it's about it's about coming closer to Jesus Christ. I need to understand because just following the rules, that's not holy, that's just being hollow, that's that's empty. That's a that's a hollow life. Acting holy without an understanding of how the Lord will use sacrifice, and He does. And how the Lord will use intent. It's, it's hollow. It's purposeless. And, and I don't understand. I won't understand how God uses the patterns of our lives to bring us closer to him. I need his vision. I need his vision uh, to see spiritually all these things. So I can spiritually see his love. And so I can see the eternal destination that he's praying for me. Praise God. He has His beautiful destination for me. It's called heaven. And see, when I'm living holy, what God is doing, he's preparing me for heaven. So I fit into heaven so well, because God wants me to fit in. I need his vision. Uh, you know, I, I recently purchased a newer vehicle. I'm really glad, glad I did, because it has some features that my old vehicle didn't have. This, this car has cruise control, and it, it, now with the newer cars, it sort of tells you how far the car is in front of you, you know, and keeps you away. My old car didn't have that. It just had cruise control. I said it and it's just gonna bump into the car in front of me. <laughs> but this one, it just sort of keeps you a certain distance away. It has also this thing called lane control. It, if the button's pressed, it keeps nudging you, you know, and tries to keep you into the lane. Well, let me tell you a few weeks ago, when on the spur of the moment I had to drive from New Orleans to Jacksonville with vision gone in the right side. Uh, that you know, I was grateful for something that, that helped me to keep from bumping into the car in front of me. My depth perception is compromised and, and something that kept me in the lane when, when I was a little compromised on the right hand side. I'm grateful for those kind of guardrails. Well, I'm grateful to the word of God. That's a guardrail that's keeping me where I need to go so I don't bump into those areas of life. The, 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 those things that, that get me out of control. So I'm, I'm grateful. And that's why it says, blessed is he who keeps... The law, see the Bible's the map, and the Lord uses that map so he, we, he can show us his vision so I can understand his plan for me. And his plan for me is not just to act holy, it's to be holy. Now, um, to bring some biblical context, if you look a few lines earlier in this passage in, in Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. Okay, Because this whole section of Proverbs is actually talking about our, the relationship between vision and God's plan and God's word. The whole section of those proverbs is talking about that. And in Proverbs 29:15 it says this, "The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Without spiritual vision, we're like children left to ourselves. OK? And a child left to himself, he doesn't do the right things because he's not taught how to do the right things. He's not given guidance. He's not given those guardrails. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Well, you know, that shows me that, that I need vision to clearly perceive God's purpose. The last thing I want to do is bring shame to God. So I need vision. I need to see what his plan is. So if I'm following his vision, I'm not going to bring shame to him. God's giving us a purpose. He's given us purpose as church. You know, um, I talk with pastors in our area. I have good friends, a lot of pastors in our area. And, you know, pandemic changed a lot of things. And I talked to pastors throughout Florida. And and there are churches running 60%, 70%, 80% of what they were before pandemic. And uh, they were just, they're, they're just almost back to where they were, but not quite. I can't tell you how grateful I am to say that Anastasia here, we're all the way back. I praise God for that. I praise God. We're we're back and strong. We're fully back and we're moving forward. I'm so grateful that I'm part of a church that had a record number of baptisms in June. I'm grateful that we had record numbers at vacation Bible school, you know, 30 kids, 30-some-odd kids coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that we're at a church that is financially strong, okay? I'm, I'm grateful that we're a church. We're, we're putting together a rec center. There's a rec center being built right behind this building, a gym that's going to be opened up this year. Uh, there's a next-gen center that's going to reach families. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for a church where so many of you are tithing and so many of you are supporting what's going on. And I'm, I'm grateful for people in the community in this church, we have business leaders that are out using their businesses to share the gospel. We have people that are out actively uh, being involved in, in local government. I'm grateful that there are people in the public sector that are, that are Christians that are being sought and light in this world. I'm grateful for that because, you know, that means that we're not just a placeholder church. We're a stakeholder in this community. We're reaching out into this community. But, but let me tell you, our purpose is not to build buildings. I'm grateful we are. But our purpose as a church is not to build buildings. Our purpose is not to build a healthy financial balance sheet. That's not our goal as a church, to have the healthiest financial balance sheet of any church around. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is is not to put forth a political agenda. Now, I need vision. I need vision to see that all these things are ways that God can use to accomplish his purpose, but that's not his purpose. This is what our purpose is. This is our Anastasia purpose. Helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. The vision's all about Jesus. We want to tell people about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Without vision, it's tempting to replace the purpose with the methods. You can say, man, this church is going great because the financial plan sheet, the financial ledger is good. No, that's not how you determine whether we're following God's purpose. You know whether you're following God's purpose by following God's purpose. That's it. And it's all about Jesus. You know, uh, after my surgery and my right eye was patched, they put this little cone of shame over it, plastic thing, so I couldn't touch that eye and a patch over that. And, and, you know, I couldn't couldn't see on the right. I kept bumping into things, okay, things that I I thought I knew where they were. I didn't realize that only half my vision field was there. You just don't realize it because you just assume everything you see is everything that you've always seen. And so I'd keep bumping into things. Because I only saw part of what was around me. Well, I need vision from God to see all of his plan. I don't want to be someone who's just following part of God's plan because I'm just focused in on one thing. I want to see all of God's plan, and I need, I need vision to do that. Another thing I need vision, I need vision in order to set bold goals. Uh, I want to move into the New Testament. If you turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse fifteen or verse 14, Philippians 3.14, this is what Paul wrote. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing on. I'm reaching out boldly. I am just reaching. I'm going to break that that finish line. I want to be the first one there. It it takes guts because i got to reach out farther than anybody else. See, Jesus has put for Anastasia a purpose to reach this community for Christ. He's given us this vision and it's not just a let's let's walk ambly, you know, just just amiably along, just quietly along. Let's go out for a stroll for Jesus. And if we happen to to meet someone, maybe we'll talk about Jesus. No, we have a goal. He's called us to reach out into this community and their bold goals. I need to reach for the prize. We need to reach for the prize. We need to run to win. We need to be all in on sharing Jesus with this community. And so I need vision to set bold faith goals. That's the next thing. We need vision. After my eye surgery for about a week, I wasn't walking around my house boldly. I was walking timidly. I had my hand out in places and I'd get up slow and I'd get down slow. Uh, Because you know, when you don't have eyesight, you don't know what you're going to hit into. Uh, And so you just walk timidly and slow. Didn't feel secure uh, moving actively in any way. And I didn't want to move boldly. Uh, You know, I think that there are us, some of us in faith, we don't move boldly. We don't move boldly. We're timid about our faith. And when we're timid about our faith, it's because perhaps we don't have a vision for what God wants to do with you, what God wants to do with us, that you're part of something bigger. And we need vision to move with boldness. When you know what God is calling you to do, you can go straight forward to it. You know, you know that. I, I need vision for that. Do you have a vision? Do you have bold faith goals? Do you have objectives that you know the Holy Spirit put in front of you and, and, and the Holy Spirit is going to equip you? Are, are they big goals? Are they, are they spiritual goals? You know, we have a purpose. I said we have a purpose, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of, of Christ. He's also given us some bold faith goals. We put them out forward. Um, you see that that little fray, that little logo up there. Time to run. That's that's what God has told Anastasia. It's time to run. I mean, we're in. We're on. Three very prominent locations here in St. John's County. We're financially strong. We're not in leadership challenges. We don't have scandals. If there's anything that is keeping us from really reaching this community for Christ, the only thing I can think of would be our own own apathy because God's put us in a good position to reach people for Christ. But we have to have bold goals, and we do have bold goals collectively. Let me remind you of what some of them are. We have bold goals. One of the goals is reaching this rapidly growing community. And so it's time to run to reach this community. There are new people coming in. And we have ministries to reach new people. But let me ask you personally, because your church, just as much as we are church, your, your church too, what are you doing to reach new people in your neighborhood? What are you doing to reach out to new people at your work? Has God given you a bold faith goal to talk about Jesus to someone that's new? Because we're living in a rapidly growing community. People are coming in here. People are coming in. There's another one. Goal number two. We believe it's time to run and reach families in crisis. And there are families right now in crisis. parents, Parents having challenges like never, ever, ever before. And we have bold faith goals together. The rec center, the next gen center for the preschoolers, children, and youth. That's part of the bold faith goals. But as part of your goal, as part of Anastasia, are you reaching out? Are you helping families in crisis? I love our new ministry, Call to Care, the Call to Care ministry. And there's a table out there in the atrium if you want to find out which one it is. It's the one with all of the, it looks like the aluminum pans for baking casseroles in. And I think that might be part of it if you go there. Uh, but, but you know, what these people do is is we have families, we have Couples in our church, we have families in our church that are foster families, and they know their are families in Christ. God's given them a bold vision. There's a child in crisis. We're going to let a child in our home. Well, there are other people in the Call to Care Ministry say we know that there are children in crisis, and there are people opening up their homes. We're going to make sure we're the support for those people in their homes. And, and you know, just a powerful ministry. I'm, I'm excited for both of those ministries. You know, that, that's a bold faith goal. Maybe you want to be a part of that and find the Call to Care Ministry out there. In the, in the atrium, you know, has God placed a family in your heart? There are families in Christ. Has God placed a family in your heart? Are you praying for them? Are you reaching out to them? Are you touching them in the name of Jesus Christ? We have another bold faith goals, church, encouraging new leaders. The church, the next generation, needs new leaders. There's going to come a time when I need to pass the baton on to new leaders. How are you encouraging new leaders wherever you are, in whatever, ever phase of life? How are you mentoring someone behind you in the line of time to be a leader in ministry? Uh, What is that? What is that goal for you? And are you serving somewhere? Are you serving somewhere? Do you have are you serving? Are you just sitting? Are you serving? Are you just sitting? And if you're not serving, are you really in God's plan? Because God wants you to do something in his kingdom. Not because he has a task list that gets done, but he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be part of the great thing that he's doing, reclaiming this world. You say, I don't know where to serve. Go out in the atrium, look around. There might be an idea or so out there. But you know, we need vision to set our goals. When we don't have goals, we just move timidly in faith. We need vision. And if you don't have vision, when you lose vision... It's an emergency. That's something we should handle today. When you lose vision, it's an emergency. I want to look at one more scripture. One more scripture. This is Matthew chapter 13, okay? These are the words of Jesus Christ. Matthew 13, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. (coughs) He's explaining to them why he uses parables. And this is what Jesus said. He said in Matthew 13, verse 13, he says, This is why I speak to them in parables. Because they, seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You'll indeed see, but never perceive. Without vision from the Lord, the people perish. Without vision, we lack purpose. Without vision, we don't even see the plans God's put right in front of us. The promises of Jesus. We don't see the promises of Jesus without that vision. You know, Jesus was speaking to a community that was spiritually active, but spiritually blind. I mean, the Jewish community back in that day was a very active community. There was a lot of stuff going on ritually there in that time, but he said, you know, they were busy, but their attention was drawn to activity and not to the Lord. And when the Savior came, and when the presence of the Lord was right there in front of them, in their midst, they missed the presence of the Lord. Why? Because they were focused on activity and not focused on the chazon. Not focused on what God was showing them, what God was demonstrating to them. They missed the blessing of seeing salvation right in front of their very eyes. And Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 16, this is what he said, but blessed are your eyes. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I need vision to receive the blessings of God. Did you know Jesus wants to bless you? If you've got this idea that God is wanting to keep you out of heaven, that's the wrong idea. If you see the vision of the Lord, God's not trying to keep you out of heaven and God's not trying to just make you follow a bunch of rules and he wants a bunch of robots. God loves you and he has a plan for your life and that plan is for you to be blessed. Now, ultimately, that blessing is going to be in heaven. If you don't know you're going to heaven, let me tell you, you can know today because that's God's plan. He wants you to be in heaven. He wants you to receive that. Are you ready to receive that blessing? Because where there is no chazon, Where there is no vision, we're purposeless, we're lifeless, and we're just going through the routine of life. I don't want to live my spiritual life in a routine. I want to be going where God wants me to go. Where is he calling you? I want to receive the blessings of Jesus. See, Jesus is alive. You know what Jesus does? You know what Jesus has? He has vision. You know what Jesus knows? He knows where you have been because he has vision. He knows who you are right now. And he knows who you can be. And that can be is something very special. God wants you to be special in his eyes. Are you ready to receive that vision if you're not? I want you to stand up right now. I want to pray for vision for each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would be with everybody here Uh, Lord, I pray if there's someone here that does not understand what it means to live in the power of forgiveness, to live guilt-free. Lord, to live redeemed. Lord, to live knowing knowing that you have a plan. Lord, I pray that someone here would understand that for the first time today. Lord, I'm praying for someone that may be struggling right now, they don't know what tomorrow is. They're, they're just, they just feel like they're stuck in a rut. Lord, I know you didn't create any of us to live in a rut. And Lord, I'm praying for that person to see how to get out of that rut, that vision, Lord. And I know that, that getting out of the rut, it comes through you. And Lord, let them see you in the power that you have. Lord, I know there are people that are stuck in some habits that are bringing them down. Lord, help them see that you bring freedom. You bring power. You bring sight. Lord, I'm just so grateful that you give us eternal life. Lord, help us see it. Help us share it. Help us spread it. In your powerful name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. We're going to sing a song here. And maybe God wants you to to, to come up here and pray. The altar is open. Maybe there's a step of faith you need to take, whether it's membership or baptism. We're doing a beach baptism in a, in a uh, couple of uh, weeks. And if you feel God calling you to something like that, I invite you to, to be a part of it. Just come forward and say, hey, I feel like God's calling me to declare my faith publicly. I've never done it before. But God's calling me to my, declare my faith publicly in baptism. Come forward and say, I'm ready to take that step. Maybe God's calling you to step out in leadership. Come come join. Maybe God is calling you today, just calling your name and saying, you need Jesus. Today is the day to receive the powerful salvation in the name of the Lamb of God. If God is calling you, you come. As we sing, you come.
3: Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice You have led me through the fire In the darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God.
2: and ministries go out there see what god is talking to you god bless you go in grace go in peace